Hey, welcome back to a Sunday morning coffee edition of Pigeonal Hockey, where we interview someone in the hockey world or just catch up with each other, maybe even talk some hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So top of the morning, TSC Bass. Yeah, good morning. Um, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You listeners, you're hearing this on Sunday morning or later. Sebastian and I are actually recording this on what is Friday night here in Copenhagen and Friday afternoon in Ottawa, Canada. What, almost nine o'clock here. So what is it, almost three o'clock in Ottawa? Yeah, just about quarter to three here. Yeah, but uh, you know, it is Sunday morning coffee edition. So just relax with us, maybe sip on your coffee and let's catch up. So yeah, man, how's it been going? I know that it's been kind of crazy for me here in Copenhagen in a completely empty apartment. Trying to figure out how I'm going to get my stuff over here as prices ended up being a lot more expensive than they should be, in my opinion. But such is life. We'll figure it out. But you're on your last weekend of kind of kind of freedom before the season. Is that right? Yeah. Um, you know, still still keeping busy with work. And I mean, that, that's been its own monster on its own. But uh, yeah, it's a long weekend here. And um, it's, you know, I'm already... Counting down the days in a good way, in a bad way. I mean, there's nothing bad about, you know, the time it takes for hockey. But, you know, it is time away from, you know, you know my wife Haley and, and you know, she refs and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it gets into busy season where we uh, we need to schedule our, our date nights and schedule, you know, just our hangout times, uh, make sure, you know, it all works. But, yeah, I mean, camp starts Tuesday on the 7th. So Monday is my last day. And as of right now, I have absolutely nothing planned. And I don't plan on planning anything, actually, if I'm being honest. You know, seven starts. It, it's um it, the way we do it here. It, it's pretty cool with both being junior A and junior B team. It, it you know week one break on two sessions. You have junior A's and junior B's mixed. They're all fighting for you know positions on the junior A team, and then we'll have an exhibition game on that Sunday uh, for junior A. Guys will get you know cut or sent down to junior B, and then that following week we just basically fall into week one of you know junior B three days a week, an hour and a half practices. Video, film, editing, uh, you know, meetings. You know, we're we're hitting the ground running, and then we have back-to-back exhibition games that following week or two weekends after that. Mixed in all that, you know, I'm going to PEI for a week to visit Haley's family. So it, things are getting crazy, and uh, I mean, you know, lucky enough, I've got a great wife who bought me a new agenda because I need one, and I can kind of organize my life a little bit. But it's still. Um, Crazy chaos, but you know that's the life of a hockey coach, and I'm, I don't really, want, I never want to change that if that's possible. That sounds like it's a good time, though. I, I know it's it's all busy outside of work. No one, unless they just happen to be in a job they love, enjoys going to work. But everything else sounds amazing. Newly married, having the adventures going out to places like PEI, going back into coaching. You know, after a year off with COVID, not necessarily a year off, but very restricted year of what could have been coaching last year. But yeah, it's got to really be exciting to be back with the boys in the rink. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we just went from a developmental scrimmages against uh, Matt Kuvet's team actually quite a bit, uh, maybe 16, 17 games. Uh, I could be way off, but it's around there. And, and nothing against, you know, I think just playing against the same team over and over again, it gets tiring for everybody, no matter what the series looks like or what happens during the game. It's just, you know, you want to play against different teams and you know play their against their systems and it, it makes you better as a coach it makes you better as a team as players 
And, you know, we're moving into, I think it's a 42-game season where I think we play every team in our division six times. And then, you know, once playoffs happen, if you're if you're good enough to make playoffs, in the finals you cross over and you play the champion on the other side. And I think this is something new with COVID. I think they've pushed in where, you know, the divisions, that there's two different divisions. But I, I kind of think it's kind of cool. For me, I don't have to drive, you know, three hours to a destination. I don't think it's that far. But, you know, it's not an over-hour drive just to, to go play to go play a game so it's kind of it's all closer you're going to be able to play against you know your division rivals you know six times which is is, is insane and there's gonna be a lot of great hockey in GB this year and i think there's gonna be a lot of great hockey everywhere because what i'm really noticing is the kids are having fun i mean the coaches always have fun but the kids are having a lot more fun than they usually did things a little looser and i, and I think it's because everyone took hockey for granted before hockey was just there hockey was going to happen you were going to play for whatever team you tried out for and made, and that was it, and you're going to move on to the next level when you're ready. But now I think, you know, you know guys and girls that are playing hockey, I, I think everyone's kind of noticing, like, hey, like, I miss this. Like, I, I miss seeing my friends. I mean, I, I'm playing beer league on Thursday nights, and it's a bit of an older crowd, and I've got a few young guys that I play with as well. And we were, I was texting one of the guys, and just he just said, you know, welcome back. Because I, I didn't play last year with COVID and everything was going on. I just wanted to stay as safe as possible for my home life and also for my, my coaching. You know, I didn't want to bring anything into the team. And I'm just excited to literally go play beer league, which, you know, on some Thursday nights, you know, you're tired and you're like, oh, whatever, I already paid for it, I'm going to go. But now it's like, here we go. And um, hockey's opening up. You know, I saw a post with the NHL coming, you know, soon starting camp. I've, I used to be, be able to get, you know, some free sense tickets here and there before. And there were a few times where I turned it down because I had, you know, other things going on. And I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll do it. I'll watch it from home, whatever. But like now that COVID's hit, I'm like, any ticket you have, I don't care if I have to stand on the concrete and basically the 400th level, I'll do it. Like I'm, I, I'm just so happy that everything's back. So yeah, like you said it, it's it's busy, but it's it's a happy busy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with with hockey, hockey season, how busy it gets. If you love hockey, you love the entire grind of it. Yeah, I think you described it there perfectly. I think we all definitely took hockey for granted prior to COVID. And not only hockey, but a lot of different things in life, like just going outside, going to a restaurant, meeting up with friends, uh, just being in a crowded arena. We're going to be going to uh, uh, the football club Copenhagen game here on September 19th with a bunch of my wife's friends. And we're excited. We're really excited because the country officially opens up completely on September 13th, which means no restrictions anywhere. And I don't know what that feels like yet because I feel... After a year and a half of lockdown, you feel like you shouldn't be around this many people. You shouldn't be able to go out around this many people. And yes, the Delta variant is making its way around, and apparently a new scary one is developing as well. But that's not what we're talking about here on this podcast. It seems to be, for vaccinated folk, very under control and very, very, very low risk. But the more people that are vaccinated, the more likelihood we're going to get this world way more opened up and back to what we all see as normal. And going back to the rink, getting to those hockey games, that's normal, man. And it's a new level of normal that I don't think those of us now who've lived through COVID will take for granted, or at least not take for granted anytime soon. The thing is, it seems like more and more things are happening, coming out, where I definitely don't think a lot of us are going to take for granted the time we can spend outside with other people or at events with other people or at games with other people or on the ice with other people. And that's what I'm looking forward to a lot here. I'm already going to be meeting up with my Aussie rules team. Very excited to get my gear here in Utah, which or not gear, Utah. <laughs> See, I'm, my brain's stuck in Utah. I might get my gear here in Copenhagen and 
be able to jump back on the ice and just get my hockey legs back. I was really excited this week. I got to go back to the gym and I really loved my gym in Utah. It had a gorgeous view. And for me, being part of the gym, I don't really communicate with other people in the gym. The gym is kind of my time, listen to my hip hop and work out and just feel good about myself afterwards. Hate getting there and honestly hate half the process. But I don't know, getting back into the gym after COVID, I was really excited to be back in the gym. Yes, my new gym here in Copenhagen has a gorgeous view. It's right on the water. Air conditioning is not a thing here. So that's something I have to get used to as a very thick blooded person. But Getting back into the gym was really, really excited, and I think I've taken that for granted. I think I've taken a lot of those different things for granted that post-COVID, I'm not taking for granted being able to go to a gym and work out. I worked out in my basement for a month and a half before I lost all will to live. (laughs) I couldn't do it anymore, and I sold all my equipment I've had for years because I just didn't want to be a basement gym rat. All you guys and girls that were able to do it throughout COVID, good on you. I could not work out in my basement by myself. It was depressing. It became my most hated part of my day in COVID. I need to be at the gym. Seeing other people work out for whatever reason motivates me to be even because there's always guys and girls that are stronger than you, period. I am not the biggest, strongest guy. I'm a goalie. There's motivation at the gym. There's an atmosphere at the gym. There's a drive at the gym. I didn't have that in my basement. So... Different things coming out of COVID, I think we're definitely not going to take for granted. And for me, the gym fitness, getting in my rowing club here, because that's a new thing for me. I have never rowed outside. I mean, I've canoed and stuff like that, but it's a big thing here. So I want to get into, you know, one in Rome, do a rowing club thing and get into Aussie rules and hockey and just get myself back into post-COVID shape, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Talking about, you know, the people that can motivate themselves. And I'm, I'm the same way. Um I just like going to the gym, just to, not even just motivate, it's just you're, you're there. You spent, for us, it may have been a five to six, seven minute drive, but you spent time, you got there. You're going to, you know, put in your hour or whatever it is and, and get your workout done. Um, like I said, there's people there, it's motivating, you know, there's different, you know, there's different exercises you can do to, you know, keep it fresh, you know, doing different things. That's me, but my wife Haley is the opposite way. I mean, she bought a spin bike at the start of COVID and she literally goes up there basically every day and just does a spin class through an app or whatever and, and then does a workout after. And I'm like, I I just can't. I just, I mean, I don't know what it is. I just can't just self-motivate. Put me in a gym and I'll work out, but put me by myself in my garage with a couple bands and I'm like, eh. I'll get my workout in. It's been a half an hour, but there's only so many things you can do with bands and just free weights or whatever. I mean, you know, there's not the machines and everything like that, which, you know, obviously is makes your workout a little better. But uh, yeah, I know I agree. Um, I'm just not a whole at home self motivator. And I've been kind of looking at, you know, different ways. I know with hockey, it's hard. We have, we have a gym in Crown Place, but, you know, once you're done after an hour and a half on the ice, you just kind of want to go home sometimes. The dog, you know, Haley's here. I just want to get home, spend some time with them, eat and all that kind of stuff. But we're lucky enough where we partnered with a goalie coach who owns his own business, actually two minutes down the road from here. So actually just talking about that, I was, I was thinking about reaching out and seeing if they offer, you know, open gym, you know, for drop-ins because sometimes they might be, Three times a week I can go. Sometimes it might be none, depending on what the hockey schedule is like and really you know, how much video we're going to have to cut, how much, you know, we have a video coach, but at the same time, I like doing my own video and, sh- and showing the guys certain things. And, and for me, it's not the big things that we'll cover in a meeting. It's just kind of like habits. Like if we're talking about a guy who works really hard, 
sometimes you know you, you want you praise him and say you know he works really hard you great job good job doing this good job doing that but you know sometimes having that video and showing them being like listen like no offense to your teammates but here they are hanging up top waiting for that puck to get rimmed or something and there you are crashing you know forcing that rim forcing something to happen and even sometimes the bad habits right you know we talked about when the puck is shot at the net you kind of you know i always call it having a cup of tea with the goalie the players who won't screen the goalie but will stand beside them and wait for a rebound that's having a cup of tea so you know sometimes i'll say like what does this look like to you cup of tea what does this look like to you cup of tea what does this look like a screen with today's technology too when when you're showing a player being screened you can show them exactly where they're standing and then have them stand behind you in that exact same spot and be like what can you see and they say everything you're like well Obviously, where you were standing, it wasn't great. So let's work on putting our bodies in, in a position where, you know, it forces the goalie to look around or lean a certain way. And, uh, you know, it, it's all, it's all, I mean, I'm so excited just talking about it. I mean, it, it's, it, yeah, like I said, it's a lot of time. And, you know, going back to the gym, you know, sometimes you got to sacrifice a few things. But I mean, for coaching, I'm all in, always all in. Yeah, and that, it's good things to point out right there. Because one of the things when I played on my team in England that I'd point out was, when we were practicing, my team wouldn't really try to finish. They'd, they'd run their drills and everything. And hey, until I cover the puck, that's a free puck. Don't give up on the play because, A, I get practice and skill monitoring my, my own ability to cover that puck up as quickly as I can and control my rebounds and everything else like that and react to the loose puck. And you all don't finish during the game. Whatever you practice is how you're going to play. And you guys don't practice trying to finish that puck. We had the guy from Bratislava. Tom is playing our team. And he wouldn't give up until that puck was legitimately in my glove, untouchable. And then he'd stop. Because until then, it was a free puck. And trying to point that out to my teammates, like, hey, this is why we don't win games. Yes, I, I, I'm not the greatest goal in the world, but if we can score more goals than I allow, that's how we win. So we need to score more goals. And we give up on a play too quickly because we don't practice it. And being able to have the technology now that helps players identify, hey, if you're going to stand here, that's not helpful. You've got to have some skill to where you're standing. And just talking about technology, and you know, I was kind of waiting to see if you brought it up, but I know it's a sore spot, so I'll bring it up. Thank you, technology, for showing the refs that Matthew Philippe-Foulain's goal was indeed a great goal. Um, You know, if we're going to talk about the women's worlds here, talking about technology again, right? She came in, bar down, beautiful shot. She celebrates. You actually, I'm not even going to take, I I won't take credit for it. This this is what you said. You know, it's like that Patty Kane moment for women's worlds. And it was where she's celebrating. Her teams are kind of, teammates are kind of like, yeah, but, you know, the ref says no goal. So I'm not really celebrating with you. And then, you know, a few seconds go by and the buzzer goes, which is the the review from upstairs basically saying like, hey, like you have to come review this goal. And then all hell breaks loose. Celebration happens. Girl breaks her leg celebrating. She hired. (laughs) Um, I honestly, that was my favorite moment. Her coming back out on that stretcher, big smile on her face, throwing thumbs up and just like fired up to one gold. Um, That's what hockey is. Doesn't matter what country you're from. That's hockey. I mean, that girl literally broke her leg probably in immense pain and it's just so fired up with her with her teammates and I, I think you kind of see she does the O Canada with them and then you kind of see a medic say something to her so I think they were like hey like listen you gotta go like sorry I know you want to be here um which obviously would suck so much I mean you just worked 
your whole life for that moment and you can't even finish celebrating because you broke your leg celebrating too hard but at the same time it's a pretty cool story you know once she heals and i hope she apparently she'll be ready to compete for an olympic spot apparently you know it's it's not going to be a, a huge well i mean it's gonna be a huge pain for her to kind of get back into shape and everything like that but i mean it's good for her for the fact that you know this isn't something that's going to end her career or something like that and i'm super pumped for her. the women's worlds i mean can we talk about how how great it turned out i mean no matter who won lost whatever i I think that was such a well put together tournament for saying that it was put together you know in a short span because of what happened to it yeah and it happened that's the important fact (laughs) is we were very disappointed when it got canceled what was it late 2020 was it or early 2021 i believe it was early 2021 yeah and it got canceled in the atlantic and it was really disappointing because the athletes were already there. They're already quarantining and it got canceled on them. So that was really heartbreaking for the athletes and really disappointing for us fans. And it definitely, definitely caused some issues in those athletes lives that took the time off to get to those games and then just not have them happen. So to finally have those games happen and be able to go all the way through, that was great. Now, yeah, congratulations, Canada. That was a Patrick Kane moment. <laughs> it was I watched the highlights because the game was at 7.30, I think, Eastern Standard Time, which is yeah. 2 or 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning here in Copenhagen. So I don't I don't see a lot of stuff that happens at that time. I watched the highlights, and I was so confused watching I'm like, I was confused. And I'm like, what's happening? And then the buzzer went off, and they started celebrating. Did I miss something? And I had to rewatch it. Oh, they scored. It wasn't confirmed. And they kept playing because it wasn't described initially when I was watching highlights. I was just confused (laughs) like I was during the, you know, Chicago Blackhawks Patrick Kane moment on the Flyers. I was like, wait, did he score? He's the only one celebrating. And that's it was a Patrick Kane moment, man. Yeah, it's so awkward for the teammates. You can see they're all like, yeah, we're so happy for you. And then their side of the brain, they're like, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, the ref said no goal. Like, let's keep playing. But no, like I said, you know, huge moment. And I think another huge moment. And I, I honestly, I, I was researching this and I can't find anything on it. But I do remember one of the games I did get a chance to sit down and watch. During the admission, they talk with the president, I guess, of the tournament or not 100% sure what her title was. But she was saying that this tournament is the only tournament that doesn't run every year when there's an Olympics. So if there's an Olympics, they don't play the women's worlds. They've already committed to playing next year in an Olympic year. So that being said, this Women Worlds will be happening every year from now on, not every, you know, not every three years with a gap. It's going to be every single year the Women's World is going to happen. And I think that's great. That That's what helps grow that women's game is, I mean, this was on TSN. Yeah, they weren't able to have fans because of, you know, COVID restrictions and all that. But I read somewhere where it was like 1.6 million people were tuned in by the time, you know, the Golden Goal was scored. And I saw a tweet and I said, you know, it, 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 when I, it kind of... It said, if you air it, they will come, which is like, you know, if you build it, they will come. And, and I think that's exactly it. Look at, you know, look at the Women's Soccer League. If you air it, they will come. You put it on television, people will watch. People will understand. I mean, it's not that they have to understand what women's hockey is, but they're going to get to see it and then be like, yeah, I would like to spend, you know, 20 to $45 or whatever, how much it is for a ticket and go to a game because I, I really enjoyed this. You know, they have some great athletes. So again, I, I think having this going on every single year and, and hopefully it being televised more and then all the different leagues being televised more often. Hopefully this just becomes a normal thing where, you know, people all around the world sit down and turn on the women's game and, and have a great time. I mean, I've, 
I didn't get to watch a lot of games because, of course, they all started later at a time where I was on the ice coaching. But I can tell you, I watched the highlights of every Canada game. I tried to watch a few games that weren't Canada games. Just, you know, if I was working from home, I'd have them on TV just so I, I, could, I could watch. And some of that competition was so much better. I mean, no, I and mean, this isn't a shot fired across the bow to you, but, you know, the fact that the U.S. had a two-goal lead and Canada battled back, I mean, that's great hockey i think even you know as, as you know the u.s you know, who lost that game i think you got everyone would agree that like being down two goals and someone fighting back and winning a game in overtime that's great hockey i don't care if it's you know u10 or women's worlds that that's a good game to watch two goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey exactly and, and <laughs> like it is and i mean and i mean not take away from the women's game because I again I, I think this like this is this was a step in the right direction. Fact that so many different countries were like, hey, we'll host this. Like if this is gonna if this is what's gonna happen, we're gonna host this. The fact that so many people stepped up and were like we're gonna make this happen, one huge step, not big enough step, I don't think for the women's game. I think there needs to be a lot more bigger like, bigger steps, and I think that needs to come from TSN Sports and all these teams that are gonna be like, hey, you're gonna put teams on the ice we're gonna we're gonna be there we're gonna do this but you know talking just talking about olympics we went into olympic season talk a little bit there but you know the nhl finally announced that their players will be allowed to play in the olympics again and i'm i'm fired up don't get me wrong i enjoyed the olympics with Derek Waugh, the old retired guy out there playing for team canada but you're gonna get to see the world's best male hockey players and female hockey players but i mean obviously this is, we're talking about the nhl here go in and, and battle for gold which Honestly, like last year, I was way more excited. Last year, sorry, last Olympics, I was way more excited for for the women's game because, I mean, no offense to, you know, I I knew more of the names of the women's game. And I think now this year, I think now with the NHL players being back and the women's game having that step up, I think I'm honestly as excited for both of them because, you know, you know, big names, Mary Philip Poulain, that girl has a shot. I would never be able to shoot a puck as hard as that, that girl. Like she fires a puck. It's disgusting how hard she shoots that puck. There's so many girls on that team that I was like, that speed is ridiculous. Shout out to Jamie Lee Rattray, who grew up in Canada, you know, close to where I live now. She started the tournament as the 13th forward, was player of the game twice, scored a huge goal to, to make it a one goal lead, and then had the assist. And it just, just like watching these players, I'm like, wow, like these are phenomenal hockey players. I'm so excited for the NHL being back in the Olympics. And I'm so excited for the women's being in the Olympics. Obviously, they didn't go anywhere, but I'm so fired up to just have continuous back-to-back quote-unquote tournaments i know it's the olympics but you know these things are little tournaments quote-unquote tournaments where i'm going to throw so much shade at you when canada plays the u.s you're going to be annoyed with me oh well when we when we take both golds i'll just i'll just throw it right back at you buddy so you know i mean i know we everyone saw bronze does Twitter. look like gold but i get it well you know what you guys toss your bronze medals into the trash bin so i won't go there but that's it <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I we have high there. standards, okay? Sorry, we have high standards. Yeah. We're just so used to winning gold. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, what was it? 2012 since the last time Canada had a gold medal in the women's worlds, and last time I checked, based off our Twitter battle, it was the U.S. women that won gold in 2018. Am I correct? In the in oh, the you Olympics. Are, you are correct. I just uh, want to confirm that. If quick. we're if we're talking about, you know, even just going back into, I'd have to do a quick research on the Olympic side of thing. I wouldn't even know people came and say like, oh, it's because it's women's. I wouldn't even know how many gold medals the men's have won. Like, I just all overall. But it, just in talking about the women's worlds, if U.S. would have beat Canada in that game and not blown a two-goal lead, 
<clears throat> they would have not blown a two-goal lead. They would actually have been tied with, I think it was tied or one behind Canada for all-time wins in that tournament. Uh, but now it seems like they're two behind again. So, I mean, it's I'll, I'm going to be the Montreal Canes fan here and say, yeah, it's it's great that you won it recently, but, I mean, we got more. Oh, yeah. I'm so disappointed you stole that moment from me because I'm like, <laughs> well, you sound like a Montreal Canadiens fan, I know. Like, we've got 24 Stanley Cups. Okay, well, how many have you had in the last 30 years? <laughs> uh, Steve, if you're listening, I was thinking of you when we said that. I always I feel like anytime we talk about Stanley Cups, you're like, yeah, well, look at my 24 cups. And I'm like, yeah, Ottawa doesn't have a cup. But, I mean, at least I'm not like, well, the one time they made it to the finals. Like, I, it's just, it's over with. It's it's done. I mean, the only the only team I really kind of go back into the past about is the Leafs because I love saying losers since 67. And I hope I never have to not say losers since 67. I just love that. See, I'm a Sabres fan, so I really can't chirp a lot of things. My Caps have won a cup now, so that makes me feel good about myself at least a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, in my opinion, and it's apparently a very unpopular opinion, but I'm like, if you didn't live through it or you didn't really watch it or experience it, can you really count it? And some people go, yes, I go, no. Like, so what? That a team back in 1912 won this. Great. Were you there? Doesn't matter. I was, yeah, alive during a lot of different Stanley Cup wins, but I didn't actually start watching, re- remembering and watching hockey until the 1991 series between Pittsburgh and Minnesota. And I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I'm like, look, I didn't, I've never experienced Calgary winning a cup. I've never seen it. So for me, Calgary winning a cup would be awesome. I mean, that'd that'd be awesome for everybody. They got 20. I'm like, I'm so sick of like, and I mean, it's not you. You've never pulled this one on me, but I have another, you know, friend from the States that, you know, he pulls this on me all the time and, you know, or or you see it on comments on Instagram or whatever when a team wins a cup and people are like, oh, Canada still hasn't won another cup. I'd like them just to win a cup. So I don't care who it is. Could be the Leafs. I don't care. Just to shut that up because like when people are like, well, you know, when's the last time a Canadian team won the cup? When the Boston Bruins won the cup, that's the last time a Canadian team won the cup because their roster was 93% Canadian. Oh, there's the Canadian argument right there. I was waiting for it. I was going to bring that up too. Any single time, like, oh, Tampa won the cup. How many of them are Canadians? It's like, oh, here we go, Grandpa. Go for it. See, I'm not. (laughs) I don't pull that out until people are like, oh yeah. Oh, I hear it every single time. I'm like, like, whoever wins the cup next year, when because it won't be Canada. Let's just put that out there. Those seven teams aren't winning. That just. they're screwed. So when one of the 20, wait, shoot, what is it now? 25 American exactly. teams? Exactly. When one of the 25 American teams win the cup, I'm going to see the first thing, like the first tweet that comes down will be somebody in Canada going, oh, look it. Buffalo has 14 players on their roster that's from Canada. So, and if Buffalo wins the cup, then I've already died. So I want to apologize to you. I really do want to apologize to you. I'm so sorry that most of your American teams are made up of our Canadian players, and most of the Canadian teams are also made up of our Canadian players. I'm so sorry. There's so many Canadian players in the league. I just, I, uh, we want to apologize from, from. It's like you're born. It's, a, it's like, our, it's like you're raised in a country with opportunities to play hockey. Wow. Almost, almost. Yeah. So, but I mean, <laughs> I know you and I were not fully those opportunities. Wait, you were. Yeah, I was just well, a poor kid. I couldn't. I mean, I, I've uh, the I way I started playing play. hockey was someone paid for me. So I mean, I feel you. I've just had I just had an unbelievable volunteer coach who was like, "Hey, I've got some extra money. You need to play hockey." So yeah, um, that doesn't happen down here. Yeah, that's because we're Canadian here. We're super nice. So I mean, yeah. no offense to the Americans. Yeah, we I, could I, produce I, we could produce more if we uh, if we weren't so. 
broke on so many other things. But that's another topic for another time. But uh, yeah, that's a. I guess that's a good little way to end Sunday morning coffee. <laughs> good old American Canadian chirp battle, which that's what we look forward to on these on these episodes is the back and forth. I married a Canadian, so. I basically live with that all the time, and it's just fun to get it out on not live podcasting, but on podcasting as well. But we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHHOfficial to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was a Sunday morning coffee edition of Pigeon Hockey with Chris and Sebastian. We appreciate all of you guys. We do. And remember, always clear your crease.